Welcome to Dad Factors, and today on the show we have Kiko Barajas. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Super awesome dude. Immigrated from Mexico mm-hmm. at a very young age, yeah, 13. Thir- yeah, 13. And uh, came up here. He actually attempted, what, three times? Oh, no, he uh, he did it, and then... A bunch of times illegally. When he went home, yeah. and then he tried coming back, he got caught. A bunch. Yeah. 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 But eventually wound up getting his, well, citizenship. Um, yeah, super... <laughs> talk about a story for, like, you come from very... I mean, you come from humble beginnings, you know, essentially nothing. Dude came here with a couple hundred bucks in his pocket. You know, from money that he essentially took right. from his dad. And uh, yet no one wanted him because no one wanted to hire him because he was so young. And uh, wound up in Washington. And uh, from there went to work in, what, cutting trees, pruning trees and stuff. and Yeah, working in these orchards. Odd jobs and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, started in the restaurant business. And now he successfully owns four restaurants. Right. Rental houses, very successful guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about hard work and dedication? That yeah. dude epitomizes yeah. it yeah. for sure. And with the, I mean, the restaurant business as an owner, I mean, he goes to work every day. So mm-hmm. his wife, 10, 12 hours, he said. Yep, cooking. Whatever it takes. Yep, wife is waiting tables, running the front of the restaurant. He's mm-hmm. in the back. Yeah. Yep. Super awesome dude to talk to. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, let's get that quote of the week. So sent in by Leon, and it says, uh, stop being afraid of what can go wrong. Start being excited about what could go right. Stop being afraid about what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. Yeah. Sounds like how my life's going to work today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's start the show. If you live in the Coeur d'Alene slash Spokane area and you need your windows cleaned, give Brandon's Window Cleaning a call. They offer window cleaning service, pressure washing, rain gutter cleaning, and roof moss removal. Brandon's Window Cleaning does a great job, and they can be found at brandonswindows.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-S-W-I-N-D-O-W-S dot com. And while you're getting your windows cleaned, you, you have yourself a down. beer. Yeah, relax with a nice cold one from Wallace Brewing Company. Wallace Brewing Company has the finest craft beers that I've ever tasted. I drink it, I give it to my guests on the show, and they love it. They have the Vindicator IPA, the 660 India Style Pale Lager, the Select Lager, the 1910 Black Lager, and my personal favorite, the Red Light. They got this Brewmaster Jack up there. Dude knows what he's doing. Yeah, puts his stuff together, and it tastes fantastic. Next time you're at the grocery store, pick yourself up a six-pack. You will not be disappointed. And as always, Wallace Brewing Company reminds you to drink responsibly. Kiko, tell me a little bit about like where you grew up and how you came to live where you live currently today. Like Pretty much like your whole life story, how you got here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pretty much, uh, I was 13 years old, 13 and a half, when I came to this country. So I'm between uh, Mazatlán, Puerto Vallarta, the people will know. A small little village, maybe 80 houses to today's day. All agriculture, you know, pretty much farming. 
And then uh, when you're young, you learn how to write and read, and you go and work with your parents because it's the way to do. And then I got to like 13 and a half, I think, and I got tired doing that because there was no mula. Mm, <laughs> right. So I stole, I sold five cows for under my dad to hire Marco Yorin came to the dream land to America. Wow. And there's always one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, leaving that in. And uh, and then uh, I came to uh, California. Nobody gave me a job. I was too young. Came to Hood River. Nobody gave me a job for the same reason. You're 13 and a half, you're supposed to be in a school. So I land in Prosser, Washington. And this crazy American guy, kind of like was my guardian angel for a little while, kid. So I worked uh, with those guys for the Olson brother for, I think, six, seven years. Mm. And then from there, I learned the job with Azteca. Mm. So I started in Silverdale. They used to have like, I think, seven in that time, like 86, 87. And since then, I've been here in Washington State. So you, uh, let's back up. So you came over when you were 13. What year was that? 80. 80, 1980. Um, and before that, what was, I mean, what does your education look like when you were growing up in Mexico? Uh, Mexico, like I say, my pop and my mom never, they never knew to learn how to write and read. They grew up in the mountains. Mm. So you learn how to write and read. My dad offered you half a day of wages, but they never pay you. So <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> and then, you know, so I went to third grade, learned how to write and read. My dad offered me that and you want to make money. Mm. You're kind of like younger and you grew up fast in Mexico. Yeah. So I want to make money and go and take the chicas house and that age. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you you stopped school in third grade. Mm-hmm. And then, and you were what, six? Oh, shoot, school? probably six, seven. Six, seven? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. And now you own a few restaurants. No, I don't. No. The wife owns it. Oh. <laughs> Just work for it now. <laughs> no, we, we have four restaurants. Awesome. Yeah. In the, the in just in Spokane area? We got three in Spokane and one in Coraline, Idaho. Okay. Are they all Aztecas? Uh two the two the Aztecas, Mexican restaurant. The one in Idaho is Azteca, Southwest Grill. Mm. And we got the Grill. And Northwest Boulevard in Alberta. Oh, mm. Tecate Grill. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you guys own that one. That's awesome. We partners in there. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, I didn't know your wife owned. It's got to go, man. <laughs> so when you uh, came over and went to California, mm-hmm. what, what was that story like? So I came in. So basically, I sold for my dad to get here. Mm-hmm. I came in and there I had a job lined up. And I was too young. Yeah. So from there, I still got my right. Who they call it, the guy is bringing you across. Okay. And I had a little bit of money left. So he got more guys to drop off in Hood River. Gotcha. And then I had a $250 left from Hood River. He goes, well, I can take it to these guys. It mm. made me the Gibeah job. Gotcha. So I remember my best meal in this country. I started at 8 o'clock in the morning to work in the winter time, November, mm-hmm. day 81. You know, the end in 80, beginning in 81 almost. Yeah. So I went and I'm pruning the trees. Had a bowl of cereal. It's uh, like 1, 2 o'clock 
it's winter time. I got tennis shoes. Normally, everybody wears stove boots. Yeah. Had in my only clothes, I had it with me. Because you don't know. Yeah. And you have to stay warm. This guy brought me the biggest chicken leg that I thought it was. <laughs> that was not chicken. That was turkey. <laughs> <laughs> got me a cold burrito and a liter of Coca-Cola. Ah. Oh, man. That guy was my hero. <laughs> when you're hungry. Heaven. Yeah. But he brought me ketchup. That's awesome. They hate it. Yeah? Because where I grew up, we jalapenos. I got you. You have salsa like, what is this? Tomato paste. Yeah, probably yeah. tasted <laughs> salty and bland. Yeah. You know? That's funny. That's awesome. So uh, what was it like growing up in Mexico versus like living in the United States? Uh, you know, it's totally different. Yeah? You know, when you grow up out there, you grow up fast. You know, because it's, it's what it is. You don't know any difference. I mean, I still go back home right now to these days. Go and see my my family down there. You know, they have a little house. They don't have no credit cards, no cell phones. Half of these people, no TVs, no running water. And they're happy than can be. Yeah. So when I go back, I like to go back because sometimes we spoil here. Mm -hmm. I think I am. Mm -hmm. And then I go back and I'm like, Wow what I'm crying about. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, they're all about family because they don't have the distractions, right? You know, they, they don't have the iPads and the iPhones and the internet and all this they other don't. stuff. They don't, we don't. Yeah. Finally, one guy was, he was in Idaho, uh, what is that, next to Pullman, what is it, Moscow. Moscow. He was one of the dreamers, a kid, can get a job, graduate from here, mm -hmm. and they're going, now he's working in Guadalajara. He is a he has an internet on my hometown now. Ah, uh, because he needs it. To yeah. Work. So. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. So. Sorry, I had to open that Wallace Brewing Company beer. <laughs> like we say, salute. <laughs> salute. Um. When you. When, so you came to America and then you got you got a job at what thirteen? I had thirteen and a half. I ran up ish, and and then you worked for like six, seven years for those guys. No, I went twice back home. Oh, did you? In between, has to go back and pay my dad's debt. Mm. So two years later, I went back and I give I went and bought ten cows, select, and paid the old man. Gotcha. Because we never see eye to eye. Yeah. To. When I got, me and my wife, we got the first son, almost 30, 31, and then I understand my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so when did you, when did you meet your wife in all this? Oh, man. You want me to tell you the joke or you want me to tell you the real truth? Go ahead. Start with <laughs> the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we met in Everett, mm. okay. 1990. She was a new waitress, and me and one of my buddies that we used to hang around, we made a joke, hey, who can go out with her first? Guess what? <laughs> I was the winner, I still have it to this day. <laughs> I pick a good one. Oh. Yeah, she was the waitress, I was the cook. That's how we met. At Azteca. Azteca never oh, Seattle. Never, yeah. That's awesome. So how did you transition from working at Azteca in Everett to over here in Spokane? So basically I work for Azteca. I've been the professional dishwasher. I was for like four years. Came in to be the cook, kitchen manager. In the end, for the last four years, I was a corporate chef. 
and got to a point and like, well, how far you can go? Mm. Next step is try to open your own. We tried it. We need a lot of money. So we went to, to the brothers. There are four brothers on the company. And we asked them, you know, if we can partner with them. So there was Spokane, Arizona, I think was Vegas on the table, Alaska, Miami. Mm. And I can't remember. There was six places. The closest I can get my wife was Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> because she raised a born in Seattle. Right. And she got a good job uh, there in that time. And she didn't want to relocate. Mm. But now if you ask her how she likes Seattle, she said, well, he can go to Seattle. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so you guys opened your first one in Spokane. In the Spokane Valley Mall. In the Spokane Valley Mall. 2000. That's, that was your first one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then what, at what point, and that was in 2000, so you met your wife in 19... 19. 1990. 90. And you opened your first restaurant with her in 2000. At what point did you have your first kid? Uh, when we came to Spokane in uh, 98. 1998. We got the first born. And then we came in here with the second boy, brand new. Oh, okay. So when we came to Spokane, we already had two babies. Awesome. And they were about like one uh, there two and two? Uh, maybe th- three, the oldest, and the little one was like eight months old. Mm. Started a restaurant mm-hmm. in a new area with two babies. Mm-hmm. That's going out. Yeah, that's, that's, that's putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's a dream, brother. Yeah. yeah. You must have had the confidence that you were going to make it. Oh, you want to know the real truth? Mm. I knew how to cook. I knew how to work hard. But I had a good brain pilot. That was the wife. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. She knew we could make money. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Because a lot of people, what I'm getting at with that is a lot of people that are in that same situation would go for... Uh, comfort, right? They they wouldn't go out on a limb and open their own restaurant, you know, with especially t- with two kids because they they want that stability, you mm-hmm. know. And um, owning your own business is it is what it is, you know. A lot of new businesses fail, and and I'm not saying that that's what you would have done because you partnered with people that knew how to do stuff like that. But um, but it's very interesting that that you made that choice and. I mean, I don't know if I could have done it. I, I really don't, you know, because I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I always opt for stability, you know. I always opt for that job that pays me just enough to keep my family clothes and fed, you know. But I mean, always you can go back. I've, and for me, was I always can go back and cook. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a gamble. <laughs> yeah. It's true. What's the worst case scenario, right? You got to shut her down. You know? You start all over again. Yeah. So then you, when did you open your second one? Uh, two years later. Oh, wow. We did another point. So two years later, you figured out that there's enough business, enough going on that you could open a second No, they location. thought it was enough. <laughs> so we lost almost seven years money in that place. Really? Oh, takes seven years to make profit. Really? Yep. Seven years? Mm-hmm. But the first one started turning a profit right away yeah. right away i mean the first one we got lucky and mm-hmm. then basically you get greedy i mean that's the way i was looking at it mm-hmm. i got greedy opened the second place and then not long ago we opened tecate mm-hmm. that lost money for 10 years wow so they close it down and then we reopen it in a different place just a mile and a half 
and it's been a bless. Really? Uh, 100% Just a location, around. huh? You know, it's neighborhood. Yeah. I think it's a neighborhood that's been really good, and we've already been in there for 10 years. Yeah. And, I mean, we are in nine, nine most nice place, but I think it's a neighborhood. They, they love it. Mm. We hit a different, different mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is. I mean, the age is great. More vehicle traffic, maybe, or? No, I mean, we used to be in Wesley, and uh, we used to be right there in front of uh, uh, Safeway, uh, Walmart, mm-hmm. and all these different chains of restaurants. Traffic was there. But for some reason, don't know what it was. Wow. And it lost money for 10 years? Mm-hmm. And then you closed it down reopened it? And we closed down, re- we reopened it because my partner, Pablo, mm. and we have a... We are three partners in there, but we bought the door this time. We got smart. We bought the door, so, and that's getting to almost paid off. Yeah, well, when you don't have to pay somebody else nope. for the life of your restaurant to mm-hmm. just to rent the ground, you know, that it's on. Yeah, interesting. Super awesome, though. What a story. You immigrated from Mexico. So when did you become a U.S. citizen? When you married your wife? Nope. Oh, yeah, that was my joke. <laughs> I, I told everybody, I go like, well, he goes, how you and your wife met? I said, she was a waitress, I was a cook. Figure out, this is going to sound a little bit racist, but I'm going to say it. Figure out, marry the white girl, I get a green card. <laughs> I get it. She figured out the other way, marry the cook, I get restaurants. <laughs> she got four restaurants. No, nah, just kidding. That's nah, just my joke. No, but I got my paperwork in 85. Because Reagan... That's when Reagan give everybody the amnesty. Mm. If you got, if you did everything right, you know, your taxes and all that, and you know, you stand a good citizen. We had a little permit for a year. They, I had a little piece of paper, cardboard. Mm-hmm. Not even like you, when you get your paper, driver license, not even look like that. Really? Look like somebody put a gum, a chiclet, <laughs> and they put your picture, put a little stamp. And I went to Mexico with that. Really? I was so excited, so stuck because I promised my mom I would go and see her a little bit more. Yeah. And then after that, you're doing good. You got it for two years more, but I, I did fight right away. And then you, I went on a green car. The one that green was pink. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I was pink. And then after that, somebody stole my identity. And then I got my kids growing up a little bit more. And the older one are like, Dad, what are you done? Coming back to the country. Mm-hmm. Because first you went to a border patrol, you know, officer and officer. I was cool. When they don't, when they want to detain you for two, three hours, <laughs> they were not cool at all. I believe that. So I tried to get a lawyer, immigration lawyer, and he told me, like, come to be an American citizen. Everything goes away. Getting a passport. Hmm. And then when I did, I had a 31 border patrols. When I went under oath. Mm. Really? Because I was good friends with them, believe oh. it or not. <laughs> By That's then. cool. <laughs> and then the judge was like, who's walking the Canadian border? He goes, nobody. We're not making sure he goes through. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, if you spend enough time with them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you become pretty good friends. That's funny. So when you uh, originally crossed, how did you, how, what was that process like? So basically... You get to Tijuana, or you get... I crashed... The first time I crashed from Tijuana, I got caught... That was in 80. If you guys look at it back, the history back in 80, 81, and 82, there was killing border patrols, okay. mm. the drug cartels. So, first time I, I crashed, 
pretty easy. Got in there, somebody you guy gave you on the little trolley bus okay. before San Diego, and then they gave you in a car, so I, I passed an achieving pala. Hey, little guys, believe it or not, <laughs> 67 achieving pala to this day, I remember. <laughs> 67 Impala? Impala, senor. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and then basically, they, you know, they crash somebody in the U.S. Basically has the money the way you want to do it. Yeah. But back then, I paid $150 to get smuggled. Mm. Right now, you're talking about $10,000, $20,000. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's much more difficult now, though. I would imagine. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's a lot more. In, and then, so I was here for two years. I went back home. And the second time, I got caught 37 times. That's how Whoa. hard it was to jump. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so what is that process like? Where you get caught? When you get caught, they book you, and they drop you back right away. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't want to hold you like now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you, you do it again, you do it again. Now, were you, were you running? Running pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And then the the second time, they brought me all the way to San Diego in a truck, pick a truck and a bus. Okay. You know, like two bus, me and another guy. And then from there, they sold you to somebody. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody profit from that. Somebody sold you to somebody. Mm. So when I got, I played dumb, basically. Mm-hmm. I've been in this country once. When I got to LA... They had all, everybody lock up guns because, you know, they already sold you off. Yeah. You're supposed to pay three, four hundred bucks, went to a thousand dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if you don't have the money, what are you going to do? Yeah. What do you do? You end up probably dead. Yeah. That real life, that's smuggling. Wow. So I ended escaping. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then after that, I never went back. Yeah. After I got my green card. Oh, my, you know, citizen kind of. Yeah. Resident. Mm. And that was with Reagan. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Reagan in 85. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then, so, 85, you become a citizen, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And then um, in 90 is when you moved over and started your first restaurant. No, night. Uh, 1999. 1999. Okay, 2000. Yeah. Right, okay. 90s when Yeah, so like 15, 14, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Super awesome, though. What a great, great story. Yeah. I mean, that's what America is, right? That's American dream, man. Yeah. I had two jobs in my life. Yeah. One in the fields and one for a sticker. That's it. So... Um, when you were working, like you guys said knocking in wood, <laughs> being good. When you were uh, when you were working in the fields, essentially at like 13, 14 years old, what did, what did that look like? I mean, was it? I mean, basically like anything, you know. If you want it, you're gonna learn it. And I the I left the fields because they they switched the management, and then the manage the new management was from uh, the big guy was from Texas, and he started bringing all his employees. Mm. friends cousins and then because we don't read the language we was already doing the job well, i was doing already the job they drop you back down below i was you know humigating irrigating mm-hmm. you using the beat tractor i mean when you die young in life you know you feel like you're the king yeah you're driving one of those beat tractors with a stereo ac yeah and then now they're going like oh you want to write grammar the old tractor don't have it, you know, AC don't have a, a roof. Yeah. And like, what I done? Yeah. 
And I think that was the best thing happened because it's how I ended in the restaurants. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. So when you went to um, the, was it the owners of Azteca, essentially, you said, that you went to, right? Uh, no, I made one, one of them. One of them. And you partnered with them to open a restaurant because you didn't have No, that. no. When I partnered with them, there are four guys. Okay. There are four of the Ramos brothers. Okay. And how did you know those guys? Because I worked for them for already. Yeah, so he was their cook, right? Yeah, and then... Oh, okay. And then, yeah, so they he didn't have enough money, right, to open your own yep. place, so he went to them. And I went back, and my wife was pregnant with a second boy. Yeah. And I told my wife, basically, hey, just go ahead, have the kid, and we'll figure it out later. Well, you don't have to go into all the details, but how did what did that deal look like? Was it structured to where, like, they put up all the money, essentially, and you just came over uh, and Basically, did it, back then, you worked for them. You know, a lot of people, they think it's a, a franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not. So it's basically, you work for them, you prove yourself, you can have whatever it take for them to invest in you. Mm. And then basically, they, back then, our company was so strong that they, they, the brothers just went and put 10% and they can borrow two, $3 million. Mm. Oh, wow. So if you borrow one, it's 100000 Set and done quick, that quick. It's how, how good they had the credit. Wow. So we put 10% and that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Huh. I mean, when we opened the second store, one of the brothers invested all the money because he knew, you know, hey, I invest all the money. Mm-hmm. I can make all the interest. Right. I'm going to get it all back. Of course. Plus some. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So when you went back down to Mexico, you said you got your dad 10 cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you talked to him before that? Nope. No? I was the rebel. Yeah. I was the baby. Yeah. Well, this was back in, I mean, this is back in the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. Where y- you had to use a payphone and you had to pump a bunch of quarters in that thing oh, to no. make an internet. There were no payphone back home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, back he said there were no payphone. 80 houses. Yeah. Oh, there's no payphone in your, yeah. ta- in your hometown. Back yeah. then, there were no payphones. I mean, the only way you could communicate with your parents, write a letter and you hope it makes it. Yeah. That's it. Wow. So what did your dad say when you came back? Not much. Yeah? Not much. I came back to see my mom. Yeah. I was mama's baby. Yeah. I was mama's rock. She was my rock either mm-hmm. I mean, take me probably to 20. When we got married, me and my wife, they don't agree, kind of. Mm-hmm. Because I married a different culture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how, you know, how my parents oh, was. I get it. I mean, tradi- yeah, traditions and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, my dad retired from this country. Hmm. He did? Yeah. Hmm. So was your dad a U.S. citizen? Yep. He came a lot of years in Ligo to California. Mm. And then, you know, after 85, he got his paperwork like me. Okay. Wow. And then in the end, he was working for Anna Hatch Bush and Bonus Ferry. In really? The yep. Wow. Yeah, in the hot fields. In the hot fields? Mm-hmm. Where, where's that at? If you pass Bonus Ferry... When they used to be the white go towards to Canada, towards to the river, it's a beef field in there. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I know there's a lot of hop fields up by Yakima. Yeah. But, yeah. Plenty mm. there. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> That's fascinating. So, uh, how many brothers and sisters do you have? A lot. A lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, three sisters and four boys with me. Gotcha. Seven total. They, are any of them U.S. citizens or are they all of them yep. in Mexico? I got two in Mexico and everybody's in the U.S. Oh, really? Okay. 
I got a brother and a sister. When I came here, my second oldest went back to help my dad. So, because somebody has to help up with the cattle. Did they leave home before you? Yep, I was the last one. Mm. Mm. Had they went to America uh, before you did? Yep. Yeah? Hmm. That's cool. Did they wind up around here, or did they stay in like California? I had one sister in, uh, in Granville, uh, mm-hmm. and I have everybody else in California. Oh, okay. My oldest brother retired from here, so he's back home now. Gotcha. Hmm. But I got tons of nieces and nephews. They yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. Do you go back to Mexico very often? Yeah, when when I can, before all this craziness. Yeah. I used to go three times, four times. Okay. Before, before when mama life was alive, my mama and dad, we used to go a lot. Yeah. Probably the same three times. That was important for me, for my parents to know, knew the yeah. kids. Yeah. Hmm. So how, what, well, what year did you have your last son, right? You have three boys. Uh, shoot. 36, age 36. So how many, like what year was it? Uh, 2002. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so all your kids are close together. Yeah. yeah fairly close. They're like five apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and one of them graduated WSU, right? Graduating in May, electrical engineer. Awesome. Whoa. It's not an easy thing to do. No more payments. Yeah. No more payments. I'm happy. I'm getting a raise. Mom and dad paying for that college, huh? You know, one of the things I believe, education. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I never had it. My wife graduated from these guys. Oh, is that why you're a house divided? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't know where I'm going to put the Easter guy yeah. and so the other guy. Your wife got a, a degree from UW? Yep. Awesome. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. What is your wife, what did she do after she left the she left the restaurant business? Nope. No? I uh, met her in the restaurant, uh-huh. and she's still in the restaurant. Really? Yes, Awesome. Sir. She's not waiting tables anymore. No. Though. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Really? She's did it today. Oh wow! No employees. We have to do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah so that's another thing I was going to bring up is how did how did how did your restaurants do on during COVID? I mean, everything shut down in Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one in Quarter Lane's probably doing all right, I suppose. But I mean, we're doing okay now. But before yeah. that, let me tell you, a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of crying, a lot of wonder. I mean, when you start losing a hundred thousand dollars in a month, wow. (laughs) When you put four Mm. places, that was, and then you're trying trying to figure out how you're gonna float that and trying to figure out how you're gonna keep your employees, Mm -hmm. you know. And now you can't get employees, no, you can Nobody want to (laughs) work. And is that you think that's just because like unemployment? Yep, yeah, I think that's a lot. I mean, a lot of employees. Make more money to stay home. Yeah. And work it. And that's because of the COVID money that's added to uh, unemployment right now, where they're making essentially more, right? Mm-hmm. Being on unemployment than they would if they went to work. Yeah. Which is super sad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the first time I think I've ever seen, uh, I've heard from all kinds, seen all kinds of businesses uh, pushing harder than I've ever seen to try and get employees. And it's not just the restaurant business, it's, you know, anything that, uh, I guess, 
pays just above minimum wage or whatever, you know, like, um, uh, hard, hardware stores, things like that. They just can't find anybody. Yeah. People are hurting for, uh, businesses are hurting for employees so bad that I ordered a pizza a couple weeks ago and it came with a big sticker across the box on the logo. Uh, this sticker said, we're hiring, log on to this website, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I'm like, holy cow, they put a sticker over their own logo because they, they need employees that bad. I mean, Guantin and Coraline and our, you know, complex in there, you walk the whole complex, you know, whatever retail it is, restaurants, mm -hmm. everybody has the same sign. Yeah. Really? Cooks, dispatchers, you know, bathroom hosts, waiters, you name it. Hmm. Hmm. Man. But all your restaurants made it through COVID? Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the, the big shutdown? Yeah. I mean, you okay. know, they want in growing up in the restaurant industry. Back, I call it the good old days, when you used to make a lot of money. <laughs> Being an owner of a restaurant, actually, used to be a lot of money to make. And then, uh, you know, you got some guys that make a lot of money, like the way they made it, the way they spend it. And then you get rough time. And you got no money, and nobody's willing to sell loan you money. Yeah. So what do you do? Shut down. Or Some sell, but if you can't find anybody to buy, what do you sell when you got no money? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, I mean, you buy a share costs you probably three hundred dollars. Ten years later, that share is not worth ten bucks. Mm -hmm. well, that's, that's true. Yeah. The industry we are. Yeah. And a lot of people. So, I mean, to these days, couple of the guys I used to admire. Ten years later, I started moving to Spokane, then wedding tables. And that was experience for us. That's kind of sad. I say, so you want to leave a little bit of coin in the bank. So when you hit that rock bottom, you got some cushion. Yeah. And I think that's what it say about us. There's still a lot of places out there that are having a hard time. Some of the places walk away from their business because they were not making no money. COVID hits, and that was the way to break your lease and walk away. Yeah. Well, I remember last year, uh, Cinco de Mayo last year, we, my wife and I ordered from Azteca in the Valley, and we had to wait outside, mm -hmm. right? Because everything's shut down, and they bring it out to you. And it was super busy still. I mean, probably not as busy as it would have been if your restaurant was open, honestly. But uh, there were still people in line. You had to wait. And, and it was great. They brought out some, my kids got t-shirts and stuff, and, and they gave away, you know, just little prizes and all sorts of cool stuff. And my kids had a great time. It was like a tailgate party. Wait, pretty much we got in trouble food. yeah did that. you <laughs> <laughs> because you know social distance and all that the the mold you know oh okay security coming in the money like what do you want to do actually it looks good for us yeah i mean so many people posting pictures and all that <laughs> people drinking in their back yeah. in their cars and they tailgating i mean <laughs> hey what it was i might have been doing that maybe <laughs> it's possible <laughs> yeah, that's funny well yeah it was a good time it was a great time, you know. There was some, somebody had some music playing in their truck or something, and I mean, I mean, our problem was that day. The, the biggest problem, or say was that we never shut down in line, orderly. So you can control that, right? So people going out there, I want this and this time, and I like. Yeah. When my wife figured out that was too late. Yeah. So now for this year, Cinco de Mayo, we stop in our fiesta platters. Oh really? Order ahead so that way we can prepare everything takes well i need to put in my order then because next week's episode we're gonna have we're gonna have some azteca up in here <laughs> for whoever our guest is we our guest dumped us for next week but um that's all right because we'll find somebody yeah yeah so what was the you think the i mean 
uh, you said that uh, having money in the bank definitely saves you, right? Mm -hmm. Like saving for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. uh, what else helped you through the COVID times? Because I'm sure it was super frustrating thinking that you could open and then they said, not this month, maybe next month, maybe next month, maybe next month. Well, and then it was like half capacity, right? And then they some counties go, oh, no, we're going back to stage one or stage two or whatever. And I mean, how frustrating is that? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think helped you? I mean, you know, the community, I think. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of people that want our food. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, in the Bali, I tarp my patio. I put a beer tarp in there without the consensus of the mall. And now I'm tarping yeah. it out and they're they looking at me like, what are you doing? I need to figure out to bring people in. Yeah. I mean, people that are tired of eating in a cardboard box. Mm -hmm. And you guys know Mexican food? Don't taste that good when you try to eat in your car. Yeah. Because no. it's lukewarm. Yeah. When you get a hot plate, tastes good. Yeah. Perfect. When you bring it home and reheat, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same experience. So we tarp it out, the little patio, put heaters, try to do the best. And I do. And remember, I'm a rapper and not a builder. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm going to build maybe. Yeah, you were talking about before we, before we started recording tonight about being a rapper. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, basically, I rap pretty good. Burritos for a living. <laughs> what I do. So I put it this storm, mm -hmm. right? So we got a crazy storm, you know, the winter storm? Yeah. That was in January or whatever. Oh, yeah. We got it, yeah. My Mexican house was up. Nothing happened. Come back. We opened. I had to tear it down. <laughs> I thought it was going to rip. Nope. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. I can be a good builder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, That's if awesome. nothing else, you're a good rapper. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That is cool. I, yeah, I, I imagine it must be super challenging. And, and the hope of like getting back to normal has to be huge. And then you have, like I heard Spokane's going to go back to back a phase here soon. Yeah. They're supposed to go back to like phase two, where I don't even know what it means anymore. I, I moved yeah. to North Idaho, so I, I don't pay attention really, but... Yeah, but I know the um, the owner of uh, Doherty's, uh, Doherty's it, right there in Spokane. He said like he doesn't care. It's just he's gonna keep going with what what, what he's doing right now because he can't afford to close I, back down. A lot of people. I mean, we made it through once, uh -huh. and then they give you kind of like the you know the cake a little bit, and they pull it out. Yeah, and then they're like no, so I don't think so. Like, I don't think a lot of people can afford to go for the third time. Yeah. And they say, you need to go back. Who people's going to be like, hey, you know what? We social distance, but a lot of my competition is not doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, because what are you going to tell when you see money coming to your door and you need that money to sustain? Mm -hmm. I mean, rent is not going down. Gas is not, I mean, all your regular expenses, you have to pay your clothes to open. Yeah. I mean, especially in the winter, you have to get, you know, heat. Yeah. In the summer, you have to have AC. Yeah. No, if you got one customer, you got 20 customers. So, I mean, bills don't wait. Insurance, yeah. all that, you don't get a cut. And it's the same electrical bill if you have one customer for the month or if you have a, a thousand customers mm -hmm. for the month, yeah. you know? That's going to be the challenge for, you know, who, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. I remember I went to, um, I think it was... I think it was in December. We normally go to Leavenworth over there for the lights, mm -hmm. you know, and 
see the, see the lights and stuff. And we go over there and uh, all the restaurants, of course, you couldn't go in. But they had open patio dining, mm-hmm. which was tarped off. And all the chairs and all the tables were about as close as they would be inside the the restaurant. So I was like, what the? It's interesting that it's okay to eat outside in a tent. Yeah. But not inside in a restaurant. I mean, a lot of people say like, okay, you have a AC, you have a circulation air, it's moving. Yeah. Sucking in, bringing it in your restaurant, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. And then you go to a tarp and that was none of that. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, you had the, you know, the heaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe if the wind's blowing. <laughs> yeah. yes. You had the heaters smelling 100% propane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting times. It was very interesting to see what happened when, uh, you know, what made sense to health officials. Like, breathing propane is better than sitting in a restaurant. You yeah, know? you know what gets me is it makes sense to people, and I still to this day do not get it, that you wear a mask to your table, and then you can take it off. And then you've got to wear it to go out. I got kicked out of a restaurant Spokane the other day because I didn't have a mask. I don't, I don't carry one with me because, I, you know, where I live, right? We don't need one. And, um, I, and I was downtown Spokane. Now, I won't mention the restaurant, but um, we really wanted to eat here. We were doing some training or whatever, um, and we wanted to eat at this place. And we walked in. None of us, three of us walked in there. None of us had a mask. And we, we offered to put our shirt over our nose, right? And they said no. Meanwhile, everybody in there is wearing a cloth mask, okay? They're not wearing, like, N95 or anything like that, right? And so it's essentially the same thing. It's the same thing. And they said, no, you cannot go to a table without a mask on. And I go, okay, well, we're going to go get barbecue down the street then. (laughs) What do you want me to do? It doesn't make any sense to, to have to wear a mask to your table. It does. It, that doesn't make any sense. So, what what is the risk um, as a restaurant if you don't enforce like a mask rule? Uh, your your insurance. Yeah. You know, can get you, but you know, like he says. I mean, I look at it at the same point. I walk in. I get greeted by the host. I walk from here to there. Twenty you know, thirty feet. A lot of people don't believe in you know the vaccine. I think the biggest thing it is people need to get more vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, I well, think. Yeah, but I still got some. You you talk to customers, a lot of older than me, mm. in the sixty seven. It's like no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but I get the flu shot every year. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't get the <laughs> flu shot either. So I just uh, you know, if I get the flu, whatever, it's whatever for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. It doesn't bother me. But I mean, you know? I'm, I'm looking at it. You know, older gentlemen, they they don't care. Yeah. Like. Why you tired living here? Mm-hmm. You know, my head. Yeah. Well, you know, the other day I was in Winko, and Winko was pretty tough and spoken. Mm-hmm. And now they are kind of like relaxing a little bit. Guys without the mask. Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll, I'll never, I'll never get over that. I just, I do not understand what the point is. To have to wear your mask at your table. I, I mean, I guess you're walking. I'll hold my breath when I walk by people. That's fine. <laughs> political. You know? I, and it's all political stuff. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when, I got a question. When you were uh, cutting trees, 
Well, before that. So you drove essentially all the way to Washington, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you got here, if they didn't want to hire you, what was the next step? Got no more plans after that. Yeah, that was the last stop. Probably go and rob somebody. I don't know. <laughs> huh. I mean, mm. you come in, you know, for the hope. Yeah. I remember getting my first paycheck. We used to get paid every week. And then, like, I told you, you know, my guardian angel, you know, the gentleman, the foreman there, he went and teach me how to cook. Because I never cook. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, cook eggs. Push eggs in your microwave don't taste that good. Mm-mm. But when you're that hungry, yeah, and you don't have to heat a tortilla, that's bad. Yeah, you learn pretty quick. Mm. You learn pretty quick. I mean, you know, basically, like if I don't get a job, I got no plans. I got no place to stay. Yeah. So because I was going to walk back with the with the uh, my guy, who my ride dropped me off, and the parents they told me the guys there like there are two men in the house. Yeah, one week. That's it. Mm. And I'm like, I have a week. So that day I'm walking back home. And that's probably like four miles. Yeah. And he goes, where are you going? And it's getting dark a little bit, really, you know, like in, in that time of year. He goes, where are you going? I go like, well, I'm going to go back. How far it is? I go like, well, I'm going to walk to this tree. I'm going to go back to that house. Because that's how you figure out. Yeah. I don't, got no idea. <laughs> so you just whipped out your phone and turned on the GPS, right? Which phone? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Huh. So, uh, what were like? What was uh, the? What was living like? Did you you lived in a house? No, he got me in a little, kind of like one of those silver trailers, a little. Oh, okay, trailer, yeah. Right in the fields, like a what are those called? A yeah, RV trailer, jet stream, but the little Airstream. you know silver stream. Yeah, and then that was kind of funny. His Spanish and my English, they got none in that time. Mm. He goes and he's practicing his Spanish. He goes, "Hey, quieres dormir conmigo?" And I'm like. What do you mean? You want me to sleep with you? He goes, no, no, time out, time out. He goes, what are you, what are you staying? What are you sleeping? Uh, I go like, uh, and that's when I explain him. He goes, well, I have a little trailer here. Don't know how to use the hot water, the heater, who cook in a microwave. We never had that. Yeah. So like I say, that was pretty, pretty rough. And then I bounced around for a year between there and back, you know, to other little farms. Yeah. And then the second year, he got me a full-time oh, okay. job when they offer you. A lot of the ag- agriculture, they offer you a room and board. If you work for them, you know, they, you know, the living quarters is not that great. Yeah. But it's any worse where you came from. Yeah. Well. So, hmm. you know, you got used to using you like, you know, you guys have, you know, going out shoes. Yeah. You know. Your regular shoes. Lawn mowing shoes, right? You know, and all that stuff. I'd, you got one pair of the shoes. Yeah. As you always shoes, so. <laughs> well, that's how I grew up, though. One pair of shoes. That was it. And if they wore out, you might get an, a used pair. <laughs> so, Kiko, we're going to take a break. Jason and I want to start a quote of the week. And we want your help. If you have a funny, motivating, or otherwise dastardly quote, hit us up at dadfactors at gmail.com. If you want to or know someone who would be an entertaining guest on the show, you can contact us with the same email. That's dadfactors at gmail.com.
We're good. And we're back. We're back. Back from the break. Back from the break. <clears throat> so what would you say to someone who doesn't have a lot of money, um, but wants to go into business for themselves? Wow. Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah. Basically, if you know what you're doing, and you believe yourself, like always say, just do it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, just do it. I like it. <laughs> just do it. Huh. Do you I mean do you recommend I would I would think that you would want to know your trade, right? Before you like you, right? You went into the restaurant business, but you worked in the restaurants before that. Yep. All the way up. So Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think it's beneficial to know the trade before somebody wants to get I into mean, it? just going to bring a sample right now where we are, you know, with this epidemic. If I never had it, somebody else can lay that, you know, laying like my wife knows all the front, helps a lot. And especially when we was closed down, I had my three boys working in their break, you know, from the school. And sometimes they complain, like, hey, I'm not making money. Well, you're helping the family. Yeah. We have to stay afloat. Today's day, right now, if I never knew how to cook, probably be shut down a place or two. Mm. Because nobody want to work. Now, when the when the um, when COVID hit, did you go back to work as a cook? That's what I do every day, senor. Really? I you cook. still cook every day. Oh yeah, I just came from North Point yesterday. I opened and closed a restaurant the day before. I opened Idaho, went to North Point and closed the other one. That's been doing that for a little while because oh, no employees. Yeah. So you don't care if you go to my restaurant. You want your food. The best we, you know, normally better can be. Yeah. After this craziness, so it's normally it's what I've done all my life. I cook. That's why I tell you I'm a rapper. <laughs> I'm a rapper. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So you, I mean, as I mean, essentially, since basically since COVID hit, right? You, you are not only the owner but operator, cook. Right? Dishwasher if you need Whatever to. Whatever it takes. Wow. Mm. It's amazing. Whatever it takes. I mean, trying to teach, you know, right now three employees on my own North Point, I do three times the value they they do. Yeah. Mm. Because, I mean, I go to a restaurant in the morning and I don't know what's going to happen in the other three restaurants at night. Yeah. So you wonder, they're going to need me, they're not going to need me, we cover, who say got Kobe. Who say, oh, I don't want to go to work. Mm-hmm. Who I want to quit. Yeah. So, wow. Bobby, That's a lot to lot to take care of. Bobby, for Kobe, three years ago, I was semi-retired for a year. I was lucky. Oh, okay. So, I was playing pretty good. Mm. I don't want to say no, always have hard, so. But good employees, everything was yep. going, rolling good. and I mean, I'm, I have, I got pretty good key peoples, you know what I mean? We have in place, but. Right now, I got two restaurants, can't find the employees. Mm. I got my first restaurant, Bali store, have a five brothers in the kitchen, and you know, they rock those kids. One employee, 21 years. Dang. So let me ask you this. Do you find, um, you know, as a person that owns, you know, a few restaurants, do you find that uh, younger kids coming into work nowadays don't have the same type of work ethic 
that say you do you know what i mean i mean uh -huh. you're you're a hard worker you're not afraid to do everything that it takes to to keep your stuff going on um and you weren't afraid to do it when you were just a cook for somebody else you know um but do you find that nowadays uh kids coming in don't have the same type of drive they don't yeah mm. i mean they don't, they don't want to work and sometimes you know it's i think it's you know parents don't want their kids to work hard who struggle that hard, like, you know, like yeah. we did growing up. I mean, growing up in, in Seattle, I had, a, you know, employees. All my employees used to be high school kids. Not my main cooks, but, you know, my press dishwashers, maybe my four cook. I used to have kids 15 years old mm. because they want the cash, they want the money, they want to go and take the chickas out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a different generation, mm -hmm. you know. They want the you know, money of some the kids can wait to be 18 and move out. Yeah. I got a 20-year-old living with me. Nothing wrong with that, but... Right. He goes, why I want to move out? I get free <laughs> random room and board in a car. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that. So you struggled uh, growing up, right? And as a parent, I, I do this for sure, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but as a parent, I, I don't want my kids to struggle like I did. You know, um, and is that something that like you try to do for your kids? I mean, I know you sent at least one to college. You you would probably send all of them to college if I know you it half as well as I think I do. You know, but um, it. But do you? Is that something that you want for your kids to not struggle like you did growing up? I mean, basically, I mean, me and my wife we talk about it like. They, I mean, I told my kids the only inheritance you're going to get is your education. If we can afford it, pay it. Mm. So that way, at least you have a second choice. You can go be a blue collar, or at least you got something to fall back. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I came into this country, somebody was trying to take me to get my GED. And I believe the school was for not such a smart people. You know, I came to make money. Mm. And now I regret it sometimes. Because, you know, I can read okay English, not the best, but I can write. Yeah. Well, sometimes I tell Sari what I want and come something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that don't worry. That happens to me, too. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I tell Siri all the time, hey, just today, I, was, I, I said, well, I, I, I was trying to do some math problem, and I told Siri the numbers, and instead of saying like 9,000, she put 900,000. And I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. Hmm. So your, your kids, you said you had three boys. Yep. And they are in their 20s, all of them? 18, almost 19, almost 21, and 23. And the 23-year-old just graduated? Yep. Going to graduate, I hope. Gotcha. If everything goes right. Yeah. And you said that was electrical engineering. Yep. What are the other two doing? Are they going to school? Uh, middle son got probably a year and a half in Easter. Okay. He's trying to get maybe in the fire department some sort. Oh, okay. Little guy got no idea. Yeah. He want to be a nurse, nurse and now he's going like. Yeah, back and forth, back yep. and forth. Yeah. Eventually he'll figure it out. Yep. No nurses make good money, and so do fire fire firemen typically. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Well, everyone's pretty happy when the firemen show up. So, I mean, it's a good good spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to be a fireman too. <laughs> Can't you up way outside, have a beer? I'm not just joking. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe back in the 50s, they were probably doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to the back of the fire truck, drinking a beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your kids went to Eastern? Yep. Middle son is going to Eastern. Okay. And the little guy is going to the community college. Okay. Probably one more year to figure out as, yeah. after that, you know, when the money starts costing. Yeah. Did they all start off in the community college? They did run a start. Yeah. Oh, okay. They did run a start. Both uh, older boy went to Easter, and then we figured out Easter don't give you an AAA. Yeah. So he went back to college and helped him kind of like get, because he still ended doing four years of okay. college. Mm. Little guy, so that's one more year figured out. Get all his, I don't know, that's mama's part. Yeah. Figure out all that stuff and go from there. Nice. But I told my kids, I go like, you have to be a street smart or book smart. But if you boss, you're doing really good. Yeah. Absolutely. But at least you have to have one of boats. Yeah, usually. Yeah. You have to have, you know, to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I mean, in a school, it's not cheap these days. No. It's no. more expensive than ever. He, me, little guy was trying to get who he's in the waiting list for a Gansega. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also weird to me. Um, you know, colleges, at least last year, there's there was zero, well, little to no uh, in, in-class attendance, right? It was all on the computer and stuff like that. And uh, as a result, college kids were moving back home because they could just do their classes online, right? Mm-hmm. Well, n- you know, nobody's staying in the dorms. Nobody's getting the social life. But tuition went up. Of course. Right? Of course. Weird. I told them why we don't do half off. Yeah. Why you want to pay a full price for yeah. you at home? <laughs> exactly. I mean, or at least 20%, right? I don't know. I just. Yeah. That, that is weird to me. That, that tuition goes up <clears throat> even though nobody's there physically. Yeah. But I mean. Just like owning a restaurant, I'm sure they they have to pay to keep their electricity on. Oh yeah, bills keeping going. Yeah, yeah. Whether there's the one. problem with the problem with college, in my opinion, has become this money making machine. Right, they make more money. They're more profitable now than they've ever been. So, I mean, why do you think I don't never went to college? Yeah, they went broke in me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, college is still breaking me. <laughs> Well, I haven't had to pay my student loans through COVID, so so oh, nice. I can't wait till I get to start paying that again. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to um, someone the other day. They said their uh, auto insurance reduced. They reduced because of COVID, and uh, <clears throat> so they got like a reduced rate for a couple months. Mm. And then recently, the insurance company contacted them and said, "Hey, it's time to pay back that money that we let you borrow." Really reduced rate, yeah. So now they're paying an increased rate until oh. that money that they borrowed or like that they had for that reduced rate is paid off. Oh, geez, I hope yeah. that doesn't happen with student loans. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine because they're federal. I'll just, I'll just be like, no, 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 just tag it on to the end of the loan. I'll, I'll just make the regular payment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Hmm. So, what's uh, what's probably the hardest part about owning a restaurant? Hardest part, you married to. Yeah. 
you know, and then basically the end of the day, if it's good or bad, yeah, you know, you bring it home, and especially when you know your spouse works with you, yeah, sometimes that's not good because you bring in after the end of the day, yeah, you bring in you know work home more, yeah, and especially I say you know when you loosen. It's not that fun part. Yeah. But, you know, it's like gambling, you know. You have to take rests. Yeah. You have to invest to make a little bit of money. And we, we've had a, sorry, we've had a few other business owners on the show, and they say one of the hardest things is shutting it off at the end mm-hmm. of the night. And I can't imagine. So now you and your wife are both invested, right? And now you both can't shut it off, so neither one of you gets any sleep. Yeah. And then, you know, when you got, you know, over 100 employees, so something goes wrong, you know, you feel bad and pretty soon you're involved in their life. Mm-hmm. Oh, they want you being the boss and bowling that. That's, that's a little bit hard, mm. you know. And the second part is employees. Yeah. That's the hardest part right now. Employees make you, break you. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult <clears throat> to find one, let alone nowadays one that will actually has a good work ethic, right? And... And when you do find them, you know, they're a diamond in the rough nowadays, it seems like. <laughs> so they're getting picked off by somebody else that will pay them more money, you know. Well, you know, we fight for the same employee. And I don't want to say, you know, all my employees are bad. I mean, I have employees from day one. I got employees, you know, they're making a living, sending their kids to school, buying houses, you know, making a decent living. But mm-hmm. I think the new generation, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we still got some young employees, probably four or five years old. They hard workers can be. They figure out it's a lot of money to make. Yeah. So. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> Drink got caught on the cable of the mic and then hit the table and yeah. I thought he was going to wear that thing for a second. <laughs> uh, so what's, uh, what's your retirement plan look like? Four more years, senor. Yeah. Four more years, I think. We bought a little bit of best properties, mm-hmm. rental properties in 2008. Yeah. We got lucky with that recession, and that's our retirement. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? You going to stay up here? Yep. Yeah. Six months here, six months back home. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Just snowbird, get out of the snow? Yeah. Retire when you're young. Yeah. I mean, Enjoy I'm old, it. but I, I think I got a few more years left. Yeah. How old are you now? 54 gonna be 54 gonna be 54 uh-huh wow and so 58 you're punching gonna retire at 58 i hope in two more years pop yeah. 58 is the goal yeah hmm do you uh do you, so you work with your wife do you work with her at the same restaurant every day sometimes we do yeah that's not good <laughs> <laughs> When she's yelling at you, I need this food out right now. No, I mean, uh, I mean, so she's really strong in the front of the house and really strong, ooh, stubborn, or proud, whatever we do. But it's a good, you know, chemistry. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, you care. We want to do everything right. Sometimes I'm the easy going. Yeah. You know, because I feel the pain of the guys. Yeah. You know, with the end of the day when, you know, you're doing 10, 12 hours and your body hurt now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hard work. Especially sure. being the old timer. <laughs> You're feeling a little bit. Yeah. You got some kids out there running circles around you, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, 
your six months in Mexico when you retire, where you where are you looking at? Back at I gonna go and play with my cows, brother. Yeah. Mm. We have a little small ranch. Yeah. So, is that close to the coast? I know uh, you said it was between two cities. Two that are cities, coastal cities. But I'm like thirty minutes to the ocean. Oh, okay. My village. That's not too bad. But yeah, yeah. driving. I yeah, assume. driving yeah. from Mazatlan is like three hours. Mm. And then from the ranch to the local, you know, coast right there is half an hour. Okay. Super awesome. Yeah. yeah. What a what a great what a great life. <laughs> Eventually gonna salute. be I mean, salute. Salute really, to that. Yeah. Eventually gonna be, senor. Mm. Just waiting for that day. Awesome. Well, but you work for it though. Oh yeah. You yeah, paid your dues. Earned it. Yeah. Er- yeah, definitely earned it. So um what I was kind of getting at earlier when I asked you the questions about, um, you know, because I I am stuck in this dilemma sometimes where I don't want to see my kids struggle like I did, but I think a little bit of struggle is nice, you know, because it, it lets them learn how to do stuff on their own and how to work, how to build their own work ethic, right? So uh, case in point, I put my nine-year-old out on the lawnmower last week. And I told him how to turn it on. It's electric. You know, it doesn't make a lot of noise. And I said, go ahead, do it. And then I let him, you know, he didn't know how to turn it. He didn't know how to do any of it. But I let him figure it out. You know, I let him struggle just a little bit. But that's nothing compared to some of the stuff that I went through when I was growing up and stuff. But I feel like if I don't let them struggle a little bit, they're going to, grow up with they're going to feel like they're growing up entitled with a silver spoon in their mouth you know what i mean of course and and i don't you know i don't want my kids to do that i want them to grow up with a good work ethic but at the same time i don't want them to struggle like i did so how how do you how do you balance like how did you balance that with your kids i figured out i don't work that that well with my kids because you know I'm, I have set expectations, and they have said they work hard for me. But sometimes, you know, you argue with them. Yeah. Because you say, do it this way, and they want to do it that way, that way. And they're like, no, i done it this way for 20 years, or <laughs> three years. That's kind of like that, you know, rough part. But I used to, I told them, my young kids, you know, they work in the dish pit. I go like, if you can do dishes, you can do anything in life. If you can learn how to do dishes for a year, you will not be afraid to do anything. Rough, it's hard, mm-hmm. it's duty for some of the kids, but in the end, it's just a job. Yeah. And then you can, you know, nice care when you get to a different point. Yeah. You know, a different level when you go somewhere, you're gonna, I mean, it's a we're at it. Yeah. You know, if you got hustle, you're gonna make it anywhere. Yeah. Whatever the amount they're gonna pay you, but you know, it's not the job you want, you're still doing it when you find a better job. Live in good terms because you never know if you have to come back. Mm-hmm. Like any business, you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. I, I remember I watched, uh, I was in high school, I think it was 15, 16, got a job at a dish pit. That job sucks. It's hard. It's hard work. Much harder than what I thought it was. Yeah. You're wet all the time. Just when you think you're caught up, here comes a whole new bus of, of dishes and stuff. And you're just like, oh. I remember um, I was working, I was the 
dishwasher for a restaurant over in Moses Lake when I was a kid, you know, and I was just a teenager. It was like summer between years in high school. And um, they had concerts out at the Gorge Amphitheater. Mm -hmm. And it's and our manager at the time didn't they didn't realize there was a concert that night right or or something i maybe they just didn't want to schedule enough people i don't know but we had one dishwasher one cook and one waiter waiter for the Mm. whole restaurant right and at three o'clock in the morning when the concert lets out the restaurant's full full it's packed right and uh it was the only job i actually ever got fired from uh, believe it or not because of this and um the manager gets there that morning and i am and i worked my butt off. i was busting tables you know i was uh washing the dishes and i mean we only had one group of people get up and walk out and that was pretty good considering we had a like a 40 40 to 50 minute wait time at the door at one point at three o'clock in the morning and uh, the manager came in, it was like, I don't know, six, seven o'clock in the morning. And, and she was mad because the bathrooms weren't clean. And, and that was part of my job at the time, but I, I hadn't have time. I was trying to keep the dishes clean and, and I was just washing the last bit of dishes. And I thought, Oh, I got just enough time. I'm going to go clean the bathroom. And she comes in and she starts yelling at me immediately, immediately yelling at me. And, um, I'm, I am covered in water from head to toe <laughs> i be i have been non-stop washing dishes for like three four hours non-stop and um and she and i i said well before you yell at me you might want to go check the till that's what i told her and she wasn't having any of that and she said and and she, and she said uh i can't remember what she said exactly but it, it really really made me mad and i said you know what i quit and she says, well, you can't quit. You're fired. I said, I already quit. Like, you can't fire me. I already quit. And she goes, she goes, no, I'm going to, I'm writing it down in the books. You're fired. Right. I, I don't care. And I threw my apron on the ground and I was gone. Right. Well, um, I got a call like three days later from one of the regional managers, you know, cause it was a chain and, and they offered me my job back and said they'd actually fired that manager because they weren't doing a good job and they offered me a job back and I said, you know what? I only got two weeks till school starts anyways. I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about it. You know, but, uh, but I, I thought it was funny because it was so busy and she just didn't have the time to go check to see how busy it was. She just knew that stuff wasn't done when she came in, you know, yeah. and I'm sure you run into that. You know, I'm sure you've run into that same situation, but I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my yeah. dog's over in the corner yelling at me. Yeah, yeah. But I know dishwasher. I mean, like I said, that's one of the hardest jobs I've done. But uh, you're right. I think if you can do dishwashing, you could you could basically do any job. I mean, the work ethic that goes into it. You know, if you if you stay in that position, boy. Yeah. And especially you know some like these days. I mean, you hire an employee. And like for me, my money dishwasher has to clean the restaurant, yeah. clean the whole bathrooms. And he has time. He has to stack the groceries, keep up with the dishes, and sometimes the fryer. Yeah. Some of my places, they are not that busy. So you guys, you know, and some of the guys are like, well, let me teach you to be a prep. Yeah. So I had this guy in my north side store, hard worker guy, put into prep. He hated it. 
Interesting. He goes, there's too many things. I got like, but it's a light, easy job. Yeah. Nope, he went back to do what he's used to, to do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I have another employee. I mean, here in my Valley store, 14, 15 years probably. You know, he just want to do dishes. Oh, wow. That's it. Huh. Offer to teach to cook? Nope. Offer to teach to prep? Nope. Wow. You know, he goes on my own bus. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. As, You're in your own world, you know. Yeah. Like, no one bothers you. As long as there's clean dishes for the cooks to put the food on to set it out, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome, actually. I huh. never met anybody like that, personally. Yeah. So your uh, your kids, do they have any interest in going to the restaurant business? You want to buy for restaurants? <laughs> I take that as a no. no. Sounds like a I pretty mean, hard no. They work. Yeah. You know, they do what it has to do. But be honest with you for us to say maybe the middle salt, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Hmm. I mean, the money getting smaller and smaller. The money you make. Mm-hmm. And the rest is huge. Yeah. I mean, my problem is we have big restaurants. Uh-huh. I think this day's idea is a small restaurants. Less employees. Oh, okay. A small menus. Yeah. On your door. And I think you'd be okay. Our problem is back when we open our restaurants, you don't want to have a little tiny restaurants. You want yeah. to have these humongous. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yeah, you got to have the atmosphere back then, right? Sports bar type thing. That was big in the late 90s. Yeah. You know, sports bar. People could go in, relax, socialize. Yeah, it was a hangout spot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. What do you think about uh, what do you think about food trucks? What up with food trucks? I mean, if you had to do it over again, would you do that instead? Oh no, I mean the it's the um, my friend. It's not do, doing all all over again. Yeah, <laughs> four years. <laughs> four years. I don't want to start thinking back and get some ideas now. Yeah. Four more years, if maybe two. Who knows? Yeah. But four years, that stops. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, if I went and opened two restaurants and went and keep two, probably be in the same spot I am right now. You know, sometimes we get greedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want bigger, more, more, and more, and I think sometimes that, you know. Mm. Can't get in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you end up spending more money than what it's worth. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I lost 10 years of money, probably 10, 15 years of money. Yeah. Last income, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, to open more, yeah, now they're, you know, they're sustained. I don't want to say no by, by any means. Like the 2000, and, including 2008. It's still good when we was in a recession. Mm. Mm. Wow. Because, you know, this area, never feel it. Yeah. Right. You know, Seattle, the big city, they feel it back then. We felt it in the housing market, but not really anywhere else, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but if you weren't buying or selling, you didn't really feel it. Right. Yeah. Unless you were laid off. Yeah, well, we were laid off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, I think, coming with, go- you know, comes with government. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, big uh, budget crisis, you know, and yeah. and Cruz, he was laid off, too, at the same time. and. Yeah, it's just something that happens sometimes, you know. Yeah. Can't get around it. Mm-mm. 
So what do you think, what would you say, what would you say to somebody right now in today's climate, the way everything is right now with COVID and stuff that wants to open a restaurant? What would you say to them? Honest, true, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so much wrecks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, but it's so much places they closing down. So, for example, when we opened the category, we got it so cheap because somebody closed it down. Somebody opened and closed it down, spent a million and a half, we bought it for one thirty. I thought I was getting a good deal. I lost 10 years of that good deal. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, so, you know, if you want to open a restaurant, 20 tables. Yeah. Would be your number. Because if you have to go and cook, do dishes, wait tables, you can do half of that. Right. And then if you want to open a restaurant, you have to work at 100%, 24-7. But I would say it's crazy times to open a place. Yeah. Right now. That's my opinion. That makes sense. I th- the restaurant business is super hard. It's one of the hardest ones, I think, for as far as businesses being able to stay open. Even before COVID. People had this dream of, like, I can make decent food. And they invest all this money into a restaurant. And next thing you know, they're closed. Right. So, I can imagine during COVID, boy, times would be rough. Like anybody, you know, wanna open a bar. Yeah. Who wanna own a bar? You know what? Don't own a bar. You know, if you really wanna own your own bar, go and drink in the somebody's bar. It's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. I just the same thing is like uh uh you look at loss prevention, right? And if if I got a buddy that works loss prevention, he explained this to me. Um if somebody steals an item, you know, and that item's worth 10 bucks retail, um, then you got to, the business has to, they have to not only pay for whatever that item costs, right? Then they have to buy a new one to replace it, right? So you're double cost already. And then you have to sell it, right? So you're out almost three times what it originally cost you before you actually recoup any money. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so you're right, though. If you if you want to own a bar, it's cheaper. Go drink somewhere else and pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Is your is your wife uh, looking forward to you retiring? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. both will not retire. Oh, we both retiring at that yeah, time. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Huh. That's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Kids got uh, big plans as far as, like, when you retire? They snowboarding with you? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. They need to be adios. They need to move out. Sometime, Sunday. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Come on. They're not going to come down to Mexico and visit you. You know, we went a couple years ago. Yeah. And then another cup of tea. Yeah. Really? Nope. Oh. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, kids these days, what do they want to do? You got little kids, give you them a couple more years. Yeah, they want to play video games, and of my course. kids do, right? And, and sleep all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, I'm probably, one of them actually told me, I want to live with you until I'm 30. And I said, Oh, I nope. had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those. He goes, Hey, I'm going to stay in the basement. You're repaying the mortgage, lose power, and all that. Right. Hey, I think he got to put it figured out. Yeah, 
Uh, right. Well, yeah, exactly. He's got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, that's awesome. No, I mean, I'm happy we, for you. we're going to try to stay where the boy's going to be, you know? Yeah. So, did you try to steer your kids towards college? That was for day one for us. Yeah. You know, education. Mm-hmm. Figure out that always they can go on wait tables, always they can go and do something else. But I mean, this is a fear of education. So, um, you mentioned one of your kids doesn't want to go to college. I mean, he doesn't want to go to college anymore, right? Um, what do you What do you say to him if he comes to you and says, "Okay, well, I just I just want to wash dishes." Oh, he never gonna do that. I, I mean, but <laughs> what would you say though? No, I mean, he's he take a year off, and I we told him, I said, "Hey, go back to college because if you would take one more year, you're gonna pay for." It. Mm-hmm. That's why he's doing it right now. Yeah, but I mean, it. I they know they can quit any day. I turn out okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Right. that's, you know, that's their thing. I say at least finish college these days. You know, because, you know, you want to go and get a good job, you can do the same job 20 other guys who better, but you don't have the degree, you never can climb that ladder. Right. That's true. Striking example, though, I mean, hard work and a little bit of street smarts pays off. You have right? to. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. That's Amazing. Kiko, you got an amazing story, brother. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's a, I don't, I don't know any other word to describe it. Amazing. Yeah. Like, came into the country, you know, got your citizenship, worked hard, opened restaurants, became very successful. Unfortunately, a pandemic, a pandemic has kind of set you back a little bit, but I'm sure we'll move forward. So. But I mean, if you look at it, I mean, what other choice I had it? Yeah. I mean, you have to work hard anywhere you go and try to, like I say, try to climb the ladder, try to get how far you go, and then you figure out plan A, B, or C, what are you going to do from yeah. there? And for us, was like going in debt. Go and take a million dollars in debt and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet you work your butt off. <laughs> yeah and then you're looking at it like uh and you know in my mind i thought i made it i have my own restaurant yeah oh what else can be and i got the opposite side my wife you know knows the finance they working there like hey stop we're not making the money we live in an apartment we had our house in, in seattle and we moved to an apartment she used to hate it yeah and then we ended up buying our house not because the house because had a pool, <laughs> old ugly pool. To me, had a shite an acre. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How did that carpet this big? Whatever you guys call it, that shag. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm. shag carpet. Yeah, yeah. had like seventy shag in it. Yeah, uh. but you going back to uh, the Lalmore story that you were saying about your son. Mm-hmm. When we bought our first house in '93 in Seattle, I asked my wife for a Lalmore. You know where she got me? I push Lalmore with the blade. <laughs> no motor? <laughs> no more. <laughs> oh, with the spinning blades yeah, spinning on it? Blade, yeah, spinning blade, uh-huh. yeah. The faster you pushed it, the faster the blades would yes. spin, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those blades would kind of fold over each other, right? And it would mm-hmm. cut the grass and mm-hmm. just pinch it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well enough for him. <laughs> well, yeah, she got you a lawnmower, though, right? Yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I tried to get my wife to get me a riding lawnmower recently. It wasn't in the cards. I got a big backyard, but it's not that big. I just have the kids mow it. <laughs> I told her, I said they they would want to mow it more if they could just drive the lawnmower, right? Yeah, she kind of bought that, but not enough. It wasn't enough. <laughs> so, yeah, so, Kiko, what... Uh, what would you say to somebody right now in today's climate that wants to come from Mexico, try to get their citizenship and, you know, make their way in America? What what advice would you offer? Should do it do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Right way it is. Oh, the easy way to come to America right now they know. How did I feel last year come in? You know and I work pizza. That's the easy way to come to here. Mm. Where nine months, he did a nine months in the fields by Marawa. Made a lot of money. By the right way, doesn't mean you're going to pay taxes. You know, you're going to pay all that. And that's a lot of money they make from there. Mm-hmm. An average worker in my hometown makes, makes $2,500 a year. Wow. That kid came and made here like 27 Yeah. What do you do with the money? Hmm. Yeah, what do you do with it? Send it home, I guess. Send it home. Buy a cow, buy build a house. I don't know. Yeah, right. So your your place in Mexico, your ranch, is it your family's ranch? Or no, I bought it. Yeah. I bought it back when uh, they used there used to be three kinds of prop uh, three kinds of properties. It used to be community property, my my little town, and then came to be a hido, edited by all the people's own land. Okay, and then came to be private property. Gotcha. When they come to be a private property, you own your deeds. Gotcha. So now I bought it from some guy back in the days, back in the 80, 82, 83. That oh. was my goal, come here, buy me 20 cows, buy me a piece of dirt, and go really? be a rancher. Get married and have a lot of Mexican babies. Everything came the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Life changes. Well, you, sure. But you got three, though. I got three. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got three. Three good-looking kids, man. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so how big how big is the ranch back home? Yeah, almost four hundred acres. Oh, wow. holy cow! That's they run like a hundred, hundred and twenty cows, cattle. When did you end up buying that? What what year? Uh, eighty three. Eighty three. Mm. Eighty three. Yeah. So you probably didn't pay a whole lot, I guess. Oh back no, back then I paid five grand. Yeah, American, five thousand yeah. dollars. And then uh, I was trying to get married to a Latina girl. Yeah. Right there in the release, uh, almost 90s. And then never happened, and I bought the cattle. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Instead. Well. Instead, mm. bought like 15 cows, 15, 17 cows. Probably for the best, huh? Oh, yeah, one of those yeah, things, you know, happened. it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. No, you got like uh, nephews that run that ranch for you? I have my older brother, second okay. oldest. When he left, when I came back here, he left from here there. Mm. And then uh, whatever grows is half as his, half as mine. Okay. So we do a fitty fitty. I mean, works. Yeah. I made my money already like four times. Yeah. So it's kind of like a day investment. Yeah. For fun. 
Which is great. And then you can go back. you got a place to stay. It's very mm-hmm. peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Super nice. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. You said it's three hours by car? Three three hours from Mazatlan. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Is that a pretty safe area? Depends. What are you talking about safe? Uh, like cartel safe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you still go down there. The longer you know, you're not showing off, you're not doing crazy stuff. Yeah. To me, it's safe. Yeah. I take my family down there. What about not not to sound racist here, but what about to the average white boy that goes down there? I take some American friends. Yeah, yeah. And they they're fine. They they're fine. You know, they're six seven, six four. Yeah, they blend in perfect. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I take some friends back home. Mm-hmm. Be honest with you, and like I said, you know, the longest you're not doing stupid stuff, and you know, last time we got a pull over by the new. They call it the new jefes. Mm-hmm. And basically, the guy said, was pretty pretty peaceful. Yeah, you get scared when you get a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. When a bigger machine gun that you never seen, more powerful, <laughs> you're like, uh, how, what do you got the pito out? <laughs> oh, my boss three years ago got it for me. And how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I would... I would move down there in a heartbeat. Yeah. And my wife would move, but nope. Her teen is at the beach. Hmm. So basically, I'm going to end and going to share, stay in the beach, and me going to the ranch in our old age. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no problem going visit. Yeah. Hmm. Your wife have a, I mean, she have a lot of friends down there? No. No? No. Hmm. We don't go like when we go in there, we go for a day or two, three. Oh, okay. When I go, I go sometimes for two weeks. Go, and, you, play, go and play cowboy. Yeah. Do you have a a few friends down there that you connect with? Oh, from yeah. your childhood, the whole so. town. Yeah. Yeah, all the kids. Hmm. Not kids anymore, though. No, but I mean, yeah. I still, you know, you keep on going every year, every year. Right. You know, what I mean, if you come, like, I don't want to say, if you're respectful to everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish was like when my old man was growing up, you know, yeah. what do you say? What do you mean? You can't shake means a lot. Oh, yeah. Your word is your bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore at that with the younger kids, but, you know. That is true. But it's still fun to go. Yeah. You know, one of those things, not going, you know, you, all your headaches from here and all that. When I go home, I like. Yeah, I imagine. I don't worry about it. Yeah, for a lot of people, they go camping and stuff, but I imagine that's roughly it's the same like thing. camping. It's very relaxing. If you ask my wife, I like camping. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, your your ranch that you have, it has running water and everything, right? Okay, our house has a running water. The whole town, they don't. No? Really? They have all houses. Yeah. The whole town? Wow. So, how do you... How does that work? Um is there like okay so here right we have a government agency that supplies water to all of whatever the area right how does it work down there do you just have a well a private no, well no basically uh, the town has water mm-hmm. and you have a you know like big a, well a, a big well kind of like to hold it mm-hmm. and then from there you get the 50 gallon drums Ooh. you put in your house your house you shower 
you get a back and a how you shower off. Mm. Wow. Or you wait the end of the night when it gets dark and you go to the to the well and shower up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not, right? Why not? Oh. Hey, that's what everybody does. <laughs> I had heard don't drink the water. Is that why? <laughs> oh. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh. Do, uh, I mean, so running water, but does everyone have electricity? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We got electricity. I mean, you know, your chickens, your pigs, your horses, your cows, sometimes they come through the town. The pig, they don't stay in your corral. Yeah. My wife is like, who knows which pig it is because if you feed it, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> if you feed it, it's yours. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I mean, true, yeah. right? You know, here we have sidewalks to walk. Mm-hmm. Down there, everybody has a sidewalk against to their house, but it's more a launcher. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the old guy from that house, from that house, that house, they come in in the morning, and that's what they see him, bullshit. Yeah. Tacky stories. Tell the stories. I like that. I like that. It has that like small town feel to it. Yeah. Oh, you sit down, you know, by the end of the day, go and buy you be cerveza and you share with your friends. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's <laughs> easy awesome. living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hard living, but. Well, I mean, hard, I guess, is <laughs> but relative, you don't, but. Simple living. Yeah. You don't miss it. You know, you don't miss having a car. Yeah. You know, you don't miss, you know, most of the kids in my hometown that have a little, little bike. Nothing fancy to go from one town to the other town. You have a car, you have to maintenance. Gas. Gas is doubled in here. Really? Yes. Is it sold uh, Is it sold by the gallon down there or by the liter? Liter. Liter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what got me about Canada. My, we, we took a trip a couple of years ago, my wife and I, and, and uh, we were in Canada, and she's like, oh, it's, two, it's, it's only 278 and I go, yeah, that's per liter. <laughs> so and like she something goes, a gallon. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she goes, well, how many liters are in a gallon? I go, I don't know. And we Googled it, right? Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes, holy cow, gas is expensive up here. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. Sold by the liter. It's double easily. Yeah. What and- prices are up here. And we have a lot of, you know, oil. Yeah. That's where I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it probably exports. Of course. Yeah. Mm. So, so what would you say to a kid that, because uh, you came over here when you were 13, right? 13 years old, you came to? What would you say to a kid that wants to get out of there at 13? Because they can't, right? Yeah. You have to do it illegally. You, I mean, you can if you have ten to twenty thousand bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, who wanna loan you ten, twenty thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah. I got a one that my nephews asked me for a loan, and I thought he was asking pesos. <laughs> five hundred bucks. Okay, let me loan you five hundred dollars. Uh huh. No, he knows I need ten, twenty. What? I wanna go to the US. Okay, when you get to five thousand dollars, we talk about it. Uh, really? I say it's easy to get a visa. Yeah. Go through the system, go through the process. Mm. And when you get in and you come and work here hard, that bus, I mean, you know, we shorthand it. Yeah. And if you got good workers, they're going to keep you asking you every year. So every year. how does that work if, if, somebody, if somebody wanted to 
get their visa, they just apply for it, right? I mean, basically, you go down there in that office that they recruit for their, you know, like the ranchers here. Mm -hmm. And then that guy is like, okay, I have this kid, so you're going to get your passport. And then that gentleman, that office will help you to get your visa. Okay. And then when, when my nephew came in, he was telling me because I visited only once because Kobe, before he was leaving. He was not allowed to have visitors and all that, you know. And I can imagine you having 100 people living in the same place. Right. And somebody infects somebody, and pretty soon you can finish the job mm. because everybody's sick. And then he was told me, he was, no, they flew in to Tijuana, got the bottom line, and it's a lady. You're going here, you're going here, and they throw you in a bus. Mm. They ride you all the way, whatever state you're going. They get there, they give you 300 bucks, they take you to grocery shopping. And then when you're leaving back, if you stay the whole, whatever the, you know, contract you got, they rebase you the money you spend. They buy your ticket going back home. And then my nephew got like $1,500 bonus. Mm. On top of that. Nice. Oh, yeah, he was pretty happy. Yeah. I bet. I mean, that's, more than oh, oh that's almost a year's wages right yep right no, there yeah i mean but he goes i came in i make twenty seven thousand dollars yeah he goes and he worked a lot of hours no overtime but you know he goes i was not complaining he goes because i'm making a lot of money here mm -hmm. but in the end every paycheck that was taken so much out for you know taxes mm -hmm. so every every paycheck he was by he come back back here he can apply for his income tax. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Huh. That's, that's interesting. I've, I've never knew the process before. I never that's, really knew, you know. That's the easy process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hard process. Try to jump up the border. Yeah. 80% somebody going to rob you. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And if you're in the lucky 20%, I mean, then you got to find a job under the table, right? Yeah. Somebody oh. that'll hire you. You know, I can't imagine doing it all over again right yeah. now. Yeah. If I has to do the bottom line jumping, do the tralettecan or whatever, the Ironman. <laughs> Triathlon. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I know. Oh. oh, Kiko, you're a funny guy. Yeah. You're a funny guy. So you said uh, the average wage down there is what, 2700 a year? Is that what you Around Wow. You make around uh, 200 200 to 250 and you're not just working 40 hours a week to get oh no 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 you're that. hard worker yeah hard work Jeez. Oh. so when you uh retire it like if uh i was looking at retiring in mexico how much money do i need uh to live on per month to live like i live in the u.s like you're talking about cars and all that stuff or yeah. you're talking about good living Good size house, good you know, cars, running water. Why power. you want to have a car? Huh? Why you want to have a car in Mexico? Yeah, it's a good question. I, no I, car. I don't know. No car. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Okay, why you want to have a house? You rent first. Yeah, it's true. And then you figure out if you want to buy a house or not. Yeah. So if I want to go down there, rent, figure it out. How much am I looking at? You got twenty five hundred bucks. You're rich. Really? Okay. You're talking about rich, like you could eat out every evening? And yes, sir. Wow. Interesting. Even in uh, even in tourist like towns like uh, oh. 
you know, Cabo and... Oh, that's America, Senor, for me. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think anywhere depends where you want to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can go out every night, but it depends what restaurants you're thinking about. It's a good restaurant or it's a high-end restaurant. Yeah. We just spend 10 days in a Ma- Mazatlan. And then... You can have a good old time, a couple for 150 bucks. And some days you're going to spend $20. Yeah. Now every day has to be, you know, mm. tap in. High end, yeah. Right. Well, once in a while you want to cook. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Figure out $3,000 a couple can leave pretty good under. Really? Yes, sir. Ooh. About 3000 bucks for a couple per month, yeah. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm. And then the older so, we get, the less we drink, the less we eat. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You you taking that leftovers home and eating it for lunch the next day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. You can have a good breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Your cup of coffee for five dollars. Right. Huh. Yeah. I've never know, I've never been to Mexico. Get personally. a passport. Uh, no, but I'm getting, I'm, we're getting them this year. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you legal? <laughs> what? <laughs> why you want, why you want to ask me that on the air? <laughs> to go to Mexico because you need a passport and a little bit of dollars. Yeah. 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 My wife, um, she's been there, well, I want to say twice, but she got her, it was cheaper back in the day. Um, her dad took her down there to get her wisdom teeth pulled, mm-hmm. you know, at a de- dentist down there that, that he, he golfed with up here or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it was cheaper to fly down there, have a hotel, pay for the dentist and pay for, you know, the, whatever they stayed there a week, I think, or whatever, and then fly back and food and drinks the whole time. And, and I guess that it's funny because the, anesthesiologist the guy that like um gave her her meds or whatever for the procedure uh said oh it's it's gonna be like it's gonna be like you had some tequila right but she was like 16 she'd never had tequila before (laughs) (laughs) she didn't know what he was talking about until the next day then they went out and she had some tequila (laughs) drinking h in mexico is 16 yeah so i take like you said legal not legal. I mean, it's safe to take people to my hometown. I take a couple of my bodies. They look like my bodyguards. And then, you know, we have a couple of the big beers. They call it Kawamas or the 40s. Uh-huh. And then this guy gets a little five-year-old and the seven-year-old kid. they like, give you money. Go and get a couple more. The kids go. They bring it back. My body's looking at it like never been in Mexico. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> That's illegal. I go like it's illegal. They break the bottle, man. <laughs> he, well, was, he was amazing. Like two little kids went and got alcohol. I go like different country, different rules. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, back in the day when I was a kid, right? My my aunt would send us to the gas station to go buy her cigarettes, and it, you know, all you had to have back then was a note, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, hey, my aunt wants me to buy these cigarettes, and here's the money. And they, the clerk would give you the cigarettes, and you get the change, and you dead back. Or sometimes we'd get the change, and we'd buy candy with it, right? And then not bring her any change <laughs> because we walked to the store. But, um, but yeah, it's the same. Essentially, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. But uh, some people frown on that, I, I guess, and that's why times have changed in America. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Kiko, we're going to wrap it up for the evening, but I got to ask you, do you have any parting words of wisdom? I just mean, don't do it. <laughs> I like it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, basically, if you believe anything you want to do, you know, go what you got. Basically. Huh? That's kind of like how I did it. Anything you want to do, go with your guts. Go with your guts and believe in yourself. And believe in yourself. And take a chance. And have hard work, hard work ethic. The end? Yeah. It's in the end, good or bad. Turn out okay for me. That's awesome. Great. Kiko, well, thank you for being on this show, my man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Salute. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to get out of here. Yep. All right. All right. Be sure to tell your friends about the show. 